edify means to enlighten, encourage, and uplift individuals, intellectually, morally, and spiritually. That's exactly what our Edify podcast guests do, as they share practical wisdom on living our faith in public. I'm Mary Fiorito. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Edify podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Mary Keen Kirchhoff, whose work focuses on pediatric rehabilitation and on helping youngsters with neurodevelopmental problems such as cerebral palsy, autism, traumatic brain injury, and neuromuscular disorders. Dr. Keene is a board member of the Catholic Medical Association. Welcome, Dr. Keene. Thank you, it's good to be here. You have focused your medical career on neurodevelopmental pediatrics. That sounds like a very specialized area. What exactly is it? Yeah, well, as you mentioned uh, just a moment ago, uh, it involves care of children with typically brain problems. Um, children with cerebral palsy have motor problems as a result of something that happened to their brains be very early in development. Children with traumatic brain injury have an acquired problem with their brains. And many uh, other neurodevelopment disorders, like even autism, is, is a brain-related problem. Well, your online rankings are amazing. You have a consistent five-star ranking from all of your patients, which is you know, a rare thing, I mean, that consistently. But um, parents often comment that uh, they, they like you so much because you take such a personal, individual interest in their child. How does your Catholic faith impact the way that you interact with your patients? I really try to see Christ in everybody. I do my best to see Christ in each child and in each parent. I try to be respectful. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the parents commented um, on one of the ranking websites that when they're in front of you, their, their child and, and the parent that you know that they're the only ones you're talk, thinking about and talking to, that they have your undivided attention. I try. I try. Thank you. <laughs> I never read my online ratings. <laughs> right. Well, they're really good, so you shouldn't have any fear of doing that. Um, but in addition to caring for infants who are born prematurely, you also care for many patients who have Down syndrome and cerebral palsy. How do you see care for these patients changing over time? Well, there are fewer of children with Down syndrome, and there are fewer children with cerebral palsy. With Down syndrome, it's because of a sad reason. I know that many are identified before they're born and are aborted. Uh, the good news that is that cerebral palsy, the reason we're seeing less of that, is that babies who are born prematurely are not having the same complications they had mm, before. I see. So CP is now less than 10% of cases of uh, 26, 25-week babies. And what's the difference in the care then? Is it a, is it more oxygen-based care, or is no, it's it nutrition? The, it's it's nutrition. It's ventilator. Um, it's um, making sure that there aren't fluctuations in temperature or blood pressure, um, minimizing the baby's stress, identifying infections early, preventing infections. Right. All of those things are important. Wow. Well, you've also been very outspoken against physician-assisted suicide. In a recent op-ed that you authored, you wrote, people with disabilities have always been the fiercest opponents of the legalization of assisted suicide and euthanasia because they understand that those options being on the table for any group creates financial and social pressures that devalue their lives. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Um, it appears that over the, the last 20 or 30 years, 
there has been more and more of an emphasis on perfection, <laughs> perfection uh, physically, um, especially. Um, there have been a few instances where people in wheelchairs have been on television shows or um, in a good role. Our individual with trisomy 21 had mm -hmm. a uh, starring right. role. Right. They, were, they were beautiful, but they're few and far in between. Mm -hmm. um, the Hollywood image, <laughs> I think, has, has had such a pervasive hold um, that people who have obvious differences are made to feel less than mm -hmm. um, just by attitudes of people around them. Um, a person's spiritual integrity can be challenged by people just based on an, on a look, mm -hmm. on a on um, of change in voice um, by not not making eye contact with the person. Right. So for, for the disabled, dis, sorry, for the disabled community, are they more vulnerable to assisted suicide and euthanasia? externally or would it even come internally from you know their families being concerned about the cost of caring for them etc cetera, etc cetera. it's both obviously it, it actually actually is both when people's lives are devalued um, people feel less about themselves um, and if a number one reason for people choosing assisted suicide actually is not wanting to be a burden. Mm. More than having a painful illness, they don't want to be a burden. Right, on their families or on, on yeah. anybody. And they're made to feel as if they're burdens. Absolutely. Well, finally, you are the eldest of 12 children and you have six boys of your own? No, I so have five, five boys. boys. Five, five boys. boys, okay, well, off by one. So uh, you're from a large family. You're the eldest of 12 children. You have I had five... incredible parents. Yes, and you have five <laughs> boys of your own. How did your familiarity with children from large families, how does that impact the way that you practice medicine? I think it helped me welcome and value all lives and all, all people. We always... I remember so many times my mom coming home with a new baby. Oftentimes, I didn't know why she was going. I, did, I didn't notice. <laughs> but she'd come home with another one. Days. Where did she go? Um, so it was always a, a beautiful and natural thing to have little babies around. Right. Always room for one more at the table. Always room for another. And, and Cheaper by the dozen. Right. Well, do you, I mean, in your own practice, do you feel... Um, that because you you know you grew up in with with so many children around and you have you know children of your own, does that does that make you uh, sort of more intuitive as a doctor or uh, more knowledgeable? What what are the benefits of coming from a large family and having from a large family if you're a pediatrician? Uh, the twelve of us had the same parents, but we had wildly divergent personalities, wildly divergent um, preferences, mm -hmm. and growing up with with so many individuals gave me, uh, I think, a better sense of acceptance and ability to accept differences. Right. Um, a, a major advantage in college and medical school was that I had been exposed to every virus known to man. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get sick at all in college. I didn't get sick at all in medical school. I had all the viruses already. Right. How were you able to balance having five boys at home and your medical career? My mother. Uh -huh. God bless my mother who cared for my children until they were all in school. Mm -hmm. Yep, I, I was really blessed. I still am blessed, she's still around. <laughs>
Well, Dr. Keene, thank you for helping us edify Catholics today so that together we can edify America. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for interviewing me. Thank you for listening. To make it easier for you to listen to future Edify podcast episodes, please make sure you subscribe over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you.